they focused on the process while everybody else focused on the objective. And it seems like a, not a big difference, but it is because one, the numbers are showing it's a big difference. Um, but two, it's interesting how just a subtle mindset shift can take you from being so focused on your objective that you miss the process. And the process, there's always what a beginning, a middle, and an end. Motivation gets you going, but it takes tenacity to get you there because motivation will wane. It's just inevitable. It's going to wane. There's going to be a point where if you hate your boss, it's, you know, maybe they ringed you out about something and you're like, I hate it here. I want to go somewhere else. I don't care. I'll figure out how to pay my bills. You know, like, but the truth of the matter is you're not always going to feel that pain point. There's going to be a point in the journey. If you decide to go on a different endeavor, if you decide to start a business, which is usually what a lot of people almost kind of default to now, um, there's an exciting part of bu building a business and there are very boring and hard parts about building a business. And that's where your resolve is tested. And so um, a tenacious spirit is to actually create that shift so that people are focusing on making sure they're creating a mindset that is tenacious. That's almost, when I think about tenacity, I think about stubborn. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the I Didn't Read Your Book podcast. I am your host, Lutch, and today we are going to be talking with Ivory Coates about his or her book, uh, A Tenacious Spirit, an aspiring entrepreneur's guide to mindset, process, and the execution of their ideas. Uh, so based on the cover here, I like the aesthetic. I like that it, it definitely feels like, uh, you know, if I was looking to get into entrepreneurialism, this has that feel, you know, you've got the, the charts and the, all, all that guy in a business suit. I like where we're headed. I, I like that so far. Um, you know, this, uh, the, the, even the purple, I feel like I'm, I'm going to ask that because I feel like the purple was uh, uh, intentional because it has a very regal feel. I guess, I don't know, the whole thing really is, is, is I, I'm trying to figure out what it is, but it's, it's just well put together. I don't usually have this reaction to just the cover, um, but it reminds me of a bottle of uh, uh, Crown Royale. Crown Royal, Crown Royal. I always say Royal, but I think it's Crown Royal. But that's what I uh, I get when uh, when I see this. So um, I, you know, if that says anything about the rest of the book and um, our guest Ivory Coates, um, you know, when it comes to things like marketing, uh, you know, the aesthetic of things is very much a part of of you know being successful. Um, and so I'm just curious how, uh, how purposeful that was. Cause I don't, I don't know, you know, usually I'm looking at the cover and I'm looking for something that's going to give me clues. And I'm, I, I mean, I guess, you know, it's pretty straightforward being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur, uh, mindset process and execution of their ideas lays it out pretty clearly. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. So um, without further ado, let's dive right in and read the back of the book. This book is written for aspiring entrepreneurs, those considering entrepreneurship after a recent job loss, and those just starting out as an entrepreneur. <clears throat> a Tenacious Spirit is a book about what it really takes to be an entrepreneur. This is not about motivation, but dedication. 
This is not about the easy road, but about what it takes to make it. In this book, we will debunk uh, wildly held beliefs. Wildly held or wildly? Widely? Wildly? It says wildly. I feel like it should be widely. Uh, we will debunk wildly held beliefs about what small business owner uh, small business ownership is and isn't. Why over 50% of small businesses fail in the first five years. Uh, and then we've got some more bullet points of how to avoid the common pitfalls and traps that keep entrepreneurs from reaching success. How to filter through ideas and quickly find your winners. And three, how to stack the odds in your favor. Uh, and then gives us a little about the author. Ivory Coates is a serial entrepreneur, speaker, business investor, and three-time author. She, so is it she, okay. She currently runs a successful social media marketing firm, e-commerce stores, and content marketing websites. She has been written about in publications large and small, including the Chicago Sun-Times and Atlanta Journal-Constitution. She is passionate about teaching entrepreneurs about designing their life and business in a way that serves them best. A champion for discovering your strengths and building high-functioning teams, she speaks all over, transforming overwhelmed entrepreneurs into business owners, where they own their business instead of their business owning them. So, um, again, this has, uh, uh, I, I'm glad that she uh, addressed that in the back of the book and that it is about, uh, it's not about motivation, but dedication. We've talked a number of times with people who are uh, motivational uh, speakers, writers, whatever you want to call it. And um, I recently had the realization that these types of, um, you know, these types of authors are at a disadvantage because what they are really uh, presenting is something that somewhat purports to be one size fits all. Kind of. And I've, I've realized that I have been at a, uh, I've been, I've been unfair to them uh, in expecting them to, you know, have an answer as to why someone would pick their book over the book uh, uh, next to them. And again, I don't remember uh, if we, uh, I don't know if I will have released uh, the book that everyone should read that, that episode yet, but after uh, that interview um, with uh, Roger, we, I, I had come to the realization that it's not about why should, uh, you know, the, I, I came to the realization that asking why should someone pick your book over the book next to yours is not really a fair question because they could read both. And while there is that opportunity cost, that it, 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 it's not really a fair question. Um, so I, I want to stay away from that specific question, but again, because of the opportunity cost that, Hey, if I only have time to read one book and I'm going to choose yours, then what would be the reason for that? So, um, the fact that this isn't specifically just about motivation, but more, uh, focused on entrepreneurship, uh, will maybe make that less relevant, but maybe not. So that's really, that's, that's what I'm going into this. Uh, thinking about how is this related to uh, other motivational or, or how is this related to mo motivational uh, books and uh, uh, motivational authors specifically 
versus this, which has that seems to have that as an aspect, but is more focused on the uh, the entrepreneurial side of things. So without further ado, let's bring in Ivory Coates. All right, and let's say hello to Ivory Coates. Hello, how are you doing today? Good, good, good. Thank you for having me. I'm having an awesome day. Good, good to hear. Uh, glad to have you. Um, so we've just uh, taken a look at a tenacious spirit. And um, the first thing that jumped out at me um, which actually surprised me. And I want to know if this was uh, a conscious thing or not. Okay. This is the 22nd, this is the 22nd episode of this podcast. And uh -huh. never, and I always do, uh, you know, reading the back of the book, judging the book by its cover. And when I do it, I usually am looking for like clues as to what's going to be in the book and, and, you know, something to go off to start the conversation. But yeah. For, for this, I just looked at it and liked it. I was like, oh, this feels oh. like if I wanted to be an entrepreneur, this is this, this, before I even got to the back of the book. Really? And uh, yeah, so I, I don't curvy. know, like with the, the uh, you know, the, the, the curly cue things around the, the, the font, the, the two different types of font, the color scheme. Uh, I, I, I was saying it um, uh, reminds me of a, a bottle of Crown, uh, uh, Crown Royale. Okay. Oh, that's <laughs> okay. Um, so, so how, uh, how, um, you know, um, what's the word? Uh, how uh, intentional was all that? Yeah, you know, that's actually a phenomenal question. When I first had like the inspiration for the book, and this is like the third book I've written, I did okay. not have an image of the cover. I, and, and it was perplexing me for the longest time. It really, the vision for the cover did not come till after the book was done, and I even had to sit with it for a while, um, um, a little backstory, I hired somebody to do the cover, but really didn't give them a lot of direction because I didn't have a vision. Right. I didn't like what was- That's what how, all my, That's how yeah. all my tattoos get done. I don't, I, I yeah. can, I'm a musician, so I've got that, that uh, I can ha have whole songs in my head and be like, all right, let's do that. But when it comes to imagery, I just, it doesn't work. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I, I actually struggled with it for a while. The first um, designer I hired, I don't blame them because I didn't give them a lot of direction, but yeah, what they sent, we tried and we tried and I just thought this is not it. And then finally, it just all kind of flooded forward. And I was like, I know exactly what I want this book to look like and so that is what you see right there well i do yeah i i do like it and i i am realizing that having that type of reaction to your cover that i can i can be a little bit uh uh harsh on uh, when i'm when i'm judging these things um because i found a lot of times that and more so with fiction which i think is or, or um rather nonfiction, which i think is uh you know when you're doing a synopsis for a nonfiction book it's it's a little bit more difficult. Whereas you can, uh, you know, with fiction, you can kind of give the bullet points and not give anything away. But the nonfiction, everything in the book is in the book, so you need it to. Be, so I, it can be very different. But um, yeah, I uh, I I'm uh, wh whoever uh, designed the the, uh, the the final product, I am for it. I'm um, glad you like it. Yeah, they did a phenomenal job. So you um you mentioned something in the uh, uh um ugh. you mentioned something in the synopsis that uh, also popped out at me um and this type of book seems to be something that 
doesn't purport to to be uh, for everyone, but that has info that anyone can can uh, benefit from. And so that is when it comes to this conversation, it can be a little bit uh, more difficult to talk about, you know, what each individual person can get from it. But the fact that you mentioned that it's not about motivation, but dedication is is something I'd, I'd like to dive into because I think, uh, you know, I think everybody would agree that both are important and both are different. But um, in your opinion, wh- why is that uh, relevant to the book? And why is it so relevant to, to put it in the, what the second sentence on the back of the book? Um, it is honestly one, the whole purpose of the book. I've been an entrepreneur for 14 years and there was a, a period in my early twenties where like many, I started things, but I didn't complete them. And it perplexed me because all of my teenage years, I was actually a very rather accomplished person. Um, and in the sense that I completed what I started and I didn't understand what was shifting that all of a sudden now I can't finish a thing or I'm losing interest. Uh, I don't think anybody goes into any new project thinking I'm never going to complete this, right? right? You go in and you're like pumped and you're like, oh, whatever it takes, I'll do whatever it takes. And um, then there's something that's happening in that journey that is, um, you're not as pumped as you were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Something is happening to all of us that, that don't complete our goals. And I really became very obsessed with that. I actually found a study that Harvard did on this very topic. Um, And one of the most important things that came out of that was they had about 30 people accomplish, try to accomplish a goal. Out of that 30, only three (laughs) actually did it. Um, And they didn't go through what the, the goal, what the thing was, but the key difference that they found was that for the three that completed it, they focused on the process while everybody else focused on the objective. And it seems like a, not a big difference, but it is because one, the numbers are showing it's a big difference. Um, but two, it's interesting how just a subtle mindset shift can take you from being so focused on your objective that you miss the process. And the mm-hmm. process, there's always, what, a beginning, a middle, and an end. And what I always say is motivation gets you going, but it takes tenacity to get you there. Because motivation will wane. It's just inevitable. It's going to wane. Um, there's going to be a point where if you hate your boss, it's, you know, maybe they reamed you out about something and you're like, I hate it here. I want to go somewhere else. I don't care. I'll figure out how to pay my bills. You know, like <laughs> you, you feel like you're going to figure it out. But the truth of the matter is um, you're not always going to feel that pain point. There's going to be a point in the journey if you decide to go on a different endeavor, if you decide to start a business, which is usually what a lot of people almost kind of default to now, um, there's an exciting part of building a business. And then there are very boring and hard parts about building a business. And that's where your resolve is tested. And so um, a tenacious spirit is to actually create that shift so that people are focusing on making sure they're creating a mindset that is tenacious, that's almost when I think about tenacity, I think about stubborn. I think about a very stubborn person. Like we all know somebody that were like, bruh, give it up. But they're t- they're tenacious. They, they are not going to give up on that thing. They're like, I don't care how many no's I get or whatever happens. I am going to keep pushing through. And that is what you need in entrepreneurship if you really want to see success. Very interesting. So that's, wow. 
That's a, that's a really good point that I, I, I don't hear very often. You know, you hear a lot of talk about uh, motivation, especially when it comes to talking about uh, being an entrepreneur, starting a business. Um, yeah. But that's that's something that 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 specific uh, uh, point about tenacity. I really that's a really good one. Yeah. Um, so uh, you said you've been an entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneur for 14 years. How did you uh, how did you get started? What was your first business? Yeah, yeah. So my first business, I kind of fell into, I was in my early 20s, guys, and I was um, um, 21, actually. And I was dating a, a DJ that, that had to offhandedly mentioned, yeah, we used to do these cruises every year. We're really fun. Everybody come out. We jam out like, you know, on Carnival, any of the big guys. And I was like, man, that sounds like fun. Y'all don't do them no more. And then it just led me on this curiosity journey. And I'm one that's never afraid to jump into a rabbit hole. <laughs> and um, the long story short was I ended up putting together a cruise. And um, the DJ, obviously, I was like, yeah, hey, come DJ, you know, like, <laughs> you'll DJ the cruise, I'll, I'll organize everything. And it was um, actually rather easy to bring together. In my mind, nobody knows me. So I'm not really expecting a huge following. Of course, I expected some of these people to come. But um, anyway, um, sometimes um, your lack of knowledge works in your favor, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So I had anticipated 50 people. I ended up getting 200. Oh, wow. And I got more money in the few months it took me to, to plan that than I had gotten any summer job or anything I had done. And that was my first taste at entrepreneurship. And oh, okay. I just said, baby, if this is entrepreneurship, I can do this. Let's all do this. Day. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. And so you just, you and you were off to the races. So and I was off to the races. So that business did really well. But one of the things that I go through in the book um, and I, I acknowledge is that I didn't have any objective. I didn't have a reason beyond. I had just kind of started a business and it ended up being really popular. And I ended up doing a lot of other trips that did really well. But the problem when you don't have a vision is that when things get tough, the waters get choppy. How, how are you anchoring the ship in? How are you deciding what direction to go to? And for me, it was kind of like, eh, well, I guess the business has to close. Because I'm the, the leader of the ship, right? I'm the captain of the boat. And, and so um, I didn't have a vision. And that's why that's one of the first things we go through in the book is the importance of vision and actually um, not only having vision, but having clarity in your vision is both of those components are essential to really creating a business that's going to take care of you and maybe generations and generations of your family. So that's the, that's the jump off point for having the vision and, and not just having the vision, but uh, uh, thinking it through and, and getting to a point of clarity and not just having an idea, but turning that, I, I, I guess you would uh, certainly make uh, or differentiate between an idea and a vision. Yeah. So the book actually goes through a couple of key and very important things. One, we're in a time now where Honestly, we got the access to the information, right? We all know we can hop on a YouTube and I can find out 1,200 different ways to make $500 at by the end of this, <laughs> you know, like it's not a lot. That's not of, even including the, the under yeah. the table way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Those are the legal ways. So um, 
it's not a lack of knowing what to do or being able to get that information. Um, I think we almost have an opposite issue now that it's almost too many options. And so FOMO, fear of missing out, is a real experience that I find not even a lot of the clients that I work with in my social media marketing firm, it's the same thing. They don't want to do one direction because it eliminates the other, not realizing that once you choose a direction, then you'll be able to get to the next step. But if you stay in this purgatory that is indecision, nothing's going to change in your life. Yeah. So the, 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 the bell jar, you got to just uh, pick, pick uh, one of the fruits from the trees before they all go bad. Yeah, I think that's how the story goes. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> quoting, I'm quoting. I'm quoting somebody quoting it from a movie. I'd never read it. I don't I'm, I didn't read a book that. But point stands that, uh, yeah, the opportunity costs of uh, going down one road um, is is prevalent. But it, if you're if you do have that vision, I and 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 you can follow, uh, uh, I, I guess the steps that you would lay out in the book. Uh, then then it's not exactly um, and uh, mutually exclusive. When you become a certain level of, uh, when you have a certain level of success in one business, that frees you up to to do other things, right? Exactly, exactly. And also knowing, I know um, a lot of times, especially when people are starting in their entrepreneurial journey, they get so annoyed when people use the word niche, right? Because we always talk about find your niche, and then you'll be speaking to somebody instead of trying to speak to everybody. Mm -hmm. And it feels like that shouldn't work, especially if you have no background in entrepreneurship. But I can tell you, it absolutely works. And even with the book, you mentioned that it sounds like I'm speaking to a specific audience. Mm -hmm. That is an example of yeah, me. Definitely. Hey, I want to focus on this. Find it doesn't, the niche. Mean, yeah. it doesn't mean people who don't um, plan on being entrepreneurs or who maybe don't specifically see themselves doing that won't buy the book. But they go in knowing, hey, I know she wrote this for this person, but I think there should be some tidbits for me as well. And I still get that sale for that book. So wow. people think they're going to miss out, but really they don't realize people will still buy from you, even if you aren't speaking specifically to them. But the fact that you have specified an audience, it gives everybody a balance on where you stand and who your message is specifically for. Very interesting. So going back to the idea of clarity, do you, when, when writing this, you, did you have that niche uh, uh, specifically in mind before you started writing or were you, uh, uh, did you kind of start writing and then narrow it down as you went along? I knew from the beginning and anybody that's interested in watching this, that is interested in doing a book. Um, I, my first book, I did do like a writing workshop and that's one of the things they taught us you begin with your audience in mind. Mm -hmm. I'm in some other like um, author groups on like Facebook and things. And I think that's where I hear in the comments that people get so lost. They just start with a something versus starting with the end user. Who's mm -hmm. going to be reading this? What do they want to hear? What is it that they need to learn? When you reverse engineer that process, everything else is fluid. Now you just plug and play. You're just putting the puzzle pieces in versus you know you can get it's so easy to get lost and that's as you mentioned the clarity the clarity is is always very very perfectly clear so for me this book actually was for a me when i was starting out because i didn't have a mentor i had nobody in my in my family who even owned a business um, and never even considered myself before that experience necessarily an entrepreneur i always planned to get a job and do what I, what I grew up seeing. And it wasn't until I got that taste and I thought, wow, 
I have the struggle sauce all this time and you're telling me I could make what? <laughs> and that now it's crazy because it doesn't feel like a lot of money, but now I think on it, I'm like, no, like you, you know, you'll never match it. That's the power of entrepreneurship. When you exchange hours for dollars, you'll never match that, um, you know, um, and, and make that kind of money. So if you want to make, even if you're a doctor, when you look at doctors, if they're making $150, $200 an hour, there's still a cap. There's a cap on how many hours you can work in a right. day. So, and when you can unleash that, now the sky's the limit. It's really a matter of how good is your idea and how big is the market size and, and where you sit in that. So would you say that entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship could be for everyone or do you think there is a certain type of person that is um well there's i mean there's certainly there's some people who are uh better built for it than others but i do you think that there are uh you know people who are just uh, uh more destined to make it and some people are they just don't have the gene or or is it more of something that you can learn and and, and pick up Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, this is this is my like heartfelt belief. I think anybody, talented or not, can start a business and have a successful business. I think entrepreneurship and a business is think of it as a tool. So if you are good at X, you build a business around you. So if you are not good at YZ and whatever, if I'm not good at the marketing, if I'm not good at the customer service, but I'm an artist and I make a thing, build a team that drives the rest of it. That, and when you start kind of separating and thinking about, hey, I get to be the main character and then I build my team around me. Now you don't have to have all the skills. You just need to know how to build the teams. And, and the book does go some into that. Um, and the importance of actually getting from what I call an entrepreneur worker, which is usually when entrepreneurs start out, what we're holding, we're wearing all the hats. We're wearing the accounting hat, yep. the customer service hat. We're, I'm in my office now, I sweep up at the end of the day. You know, like, <laughs> I'm wearing all the hats. And, and we sometimes languish there. And that's not what entrepreneurship is supposed to do for you. It is supposed to be a tool where you create an ecosystem. And I talk about that in the book, creating that ecosystem around you so that you live the life that you have designed for you. And we talk about that too, starting out with creating um, for yourself what success looks like and what you want your day to look like. And then you build around that. Very interesting. Yeah, that, that seems like a, a winning strategy. And uh, so, so uh, can you talk to me a little bit about these, these steps? So once you have your idea, how do you go from uh, idea to uh, vision? How do you get the clarity on that vision and where do you go from there? Yeah, yeah. So um, in the book, we talk about um, finding your why. Why are you doing this? Okay. And really asking yourself to your, not just, it can't just be money. Guys, I know we all think it's money, but if that was the case, we'd all go for what? Whatever the career was, that was the highest pain, but we're not doing that. that so nobody's going to tell me. <laughs> that was going to be my next thing. I, I was going to say that we're talking about entrepreneurship and business and all this. And, uh, uh, you know, nobody's brought up money once. And, and I think that is uh, uh, very important and goes to um, what seems to be the theme of your work that the, the uh, you know, the passion, the lifestyle, all of that is is if you focus on that and and uh, then the 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 money and the customers will come with it yeah yeah so yeah the why is critical and getting bigger than just um the money um the money isn't it 
it's something the money is getting you. And really, once you acknowledge that, um, I tell a story in the book about um, there's a gentleman who um, who decided he was going to barter his way to a home. I don't know if you heard of him. I think so. Yeah, a bit, a long time ago. Yeah. He now he could have said, if we go from the start and say, I want to buy a home, what? Now we've trained our brain that we got to figure out ways to make money to buy a home. He said, I'm going to barter to a home. And then he, he, he did like, I think like 11 or eight, however many, he did however many trades and ended up getting a home. And that's why I really want people to take a moment to really quantify and really identify what it is you want. The other thing is um, when I was younger, I wanted like all the things I can, I can tell you guys, I don't be wanting all the things now. It, I realized it was nice, but it was fleeting ideas. And it was more society telling me that this is what I should want. I never took the time just to ask myself, do I even want that? And so you have to have that heartfelt conversation. So finding your why, finding, um, figuring out what success or happiness looks like for you. Um, another thing that I did in my younger years was I kept thinking happiness came when. Everything was, oh, once this happens, then I'll be happy. And yeah, that's um, a very prevalent uh, mindset. Yes, and, and now, that. <laughs> now my philosophy is happiness is once, once I decide, it, it's, it's once I make that decision and it's really about kind of that power shift because when gives the power to when something happens, once is me deciding, mm. once I decide this or once, once whatever it is, this is happy and, and not making it this, sometimes we make it so butterflies and rose colored glasses. <laughs> now happiness, it literally, you get to design what happiness is for you. And if you're still figuring out who you are, then allow yourself some lenience to, to find that out, you know? Um, so anyway, <laughs> not to get too distracted, finding no, your please. why. So sorry to interrupt your podcast experience. I just want to remind you, if you're enjoying what you're watching, please hit the like button and subscribe for more content. And if you really love it, there's some support links in the description. I would love if you can help out the channel and back to the show. And developing your vision, your visioning for your company. Now I always say people come in two lots when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, some people say, oh, I've already, and I talk to a lot of people, I've always had this idea on my heart. Or I, I met a guy the other day, he had, he has a whole novel in his, in his computer and it's like been sitting there. Like mm. this has been envisioned upon him. He spent years, you know, writing it, everything. Um, he knows that he's purposed to put that out. Now, why he hasn't put it out, that's a whole nother conversation, but we get there, right? There's another camp that says, Hey, I realized exchanging hours for dollars is not going to get it. What is the next thing? <laughs> You know, and that's fine too. But just knowing where you start out is better to know. If you're a person that says, hey, I've been purposed for doing something, then now you need to clarify your vision. If you're somebody saying just hours for dollars is not going to work, then we need to focus on ideas. Mm -hmm. And we want to look at specific types of ideas. So are you familiar with the show Shark Tank? I am. I love Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody should be familiar with that. Um, so I just in case any, just in case anybody's not, it's just a show where uh, you know they've got three, uh, three, four rich people in a room, and you come in and you pitch your uh, product or service, and uh, they can uh, decide to buy in or not. Exactly. And there's something very interesting that happens in the show from time to time. Every now and then, 
a shark will, I'm sorry, uh, um, inventor will come onto the show and they'll have this idea. They'll have invested all of this money, created this great prototype of the idea. And they'll be like, we solved this problem. And you can see the sharks as they're leaning in like, and then you see them kind of all lean back. And what has happened is, yes, the inventor created something new. They created something unique and they fixed a problem but they have not fixed a problem that people are willing to pay to solve. And a lot of times as creatives, we miss that, that we need that piece if we want investment. We need that piece if we're gonna have a business. Otherwise, it's just an expensive hobby. Right. And so I go through that in the book essentially on you need you, how you vet your ideas. You wanna vet your ideas so that you are focused on the ones that not only solve a problem, but they solve a problem that people are willing to pay for and you are will you are able to get it in that price point. A lot to uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, quite, that's quite a formula. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think that that stuff like that is probably, if I had to guess, um, why a lot of people, even though they might understand that you know exchanging uh, uh, time for money isn't the best way to go about it, it's simpler. It's just you go in, you do that, and you the the any time that you're not at work is when you can uh, you know do whatever whatever that 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 inspires you. And I mean, I certainly understand that, but as somebody who from a young age was like, oh, I'm never doing the nine to five thing, never, never, nope, not Marie. Um, it it's uh yeah, I I just I can't really I can't really see how I could, I could be content with that. I think for a certain amount of time, I would be all right with that. But like you said, I think a lot of, uh, uh, and, and I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a lot of people are just content with that. But as you said, the, the, the second group of people who are just like, I can't do this anymore. What's next? That, that seems to be where this, this ends up. And uh, I, I, I don't, how do you, or maybe you're not even trying to, but how, how do you uh, get people to see that even though it, isn't as simple as just applying to a job, going in data entry or whatever it is, even though it's not as simple and it's as easy, it's it, the reward is, is uh, or at least the potential for reward is far, far greater. Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so when I have conversations with people, I'm always um, listening to what their pain points are. Typically, people are saying, "What? I can't, I can't go to my my son's soccer game because I gotta work. You know, I'm on second shift. So and so won't get me the day off." It's that lack of freedom that is really, um, I think, the biggest irritating point for most people when it comes to a job and what kind of gets them like thinking about something else. Um, so it's really more so for me connecting the dots and saying, hey, what if you had a period that was rather difficult, but you built the business and now you get to choose. Now you get to choose when you go into the office. Now you get to choose what days you work and what days you don't. You can be the boss, but everything is an exchange. So I'm not against jobs, but if you have a job, then you know you are now adhering to their policies and their work structure and when they want you in there. If you want something with more flexibility, then you can start a business. Um, and there is an ideology because I know somebody's going to say it. You're trading one boss for several. You you are, you are, and it depends on. And that's why it's important to get your why down and get your vision down. Because if you decide, hey, I don't want to be stuck in the office in Zoom meetings all day, every day, then that needs to be cal calibrated into when you're deciding what business you go into. 
So that's why I always tell people, you know, figure out, design how you want your day to be. Design like literally the minute stuff that you think is not that important. It's actually a really big deal because that's what's going to see you through the whole journey and process. But if you're not leading up to a life that's worth it, then the first thing that happens that's difficult, you're going to be like, eh, I don't even know why I was doing this. I was making how much and getting the right. checks my, right. into, <laughs> into my, my bank Direct account. deposit. Every, yeah, every, every, week. every exactly. two weeks, you know, I get it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, that's again, that's a, a bridge that I think, I, I guess, again, that going back to my earlier question about, you know, do they have the, the, the gene? Um, I, I guess I would completely agree with you that anybody can do it. Uh, but the there's some people that are just going to be content with, uh, you know, with with a, a job working a job. And that's, you know, nothing against that, of course. But but I, for somebody like me, and I, I uh, I'm, I'm going to put you in that same category, it just seems like there's a whole other part of life that you're just giving away. Hmm? I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't ever about, see it. <laughs> yeah. I think about business as an ecosystem. So I typically, I don't, a lot of the people that I talk to, um, they're not wanting to have a job. So somebody who's contented that that's fine. I mean, when you're building your ecosystem, honestly, you're not going to want entrepreneurial types because we we're, we're doing our own thing, right? right, right. <laughs> like I can't do what I'm trying to, I'm a terrible employee, but in my own business, come, I'm a workhorse here because I know I eat what I kill. So mm -hmm. if I don't get in here and do what I need to do, guess what? That's on me. That's on my home, my kids. So um, I work on that, that feast and famine, hey, all day, every day, because it, it gives me, that gets me motivation. I, I love being able to do what I do. Um, but it is an ecosystem that you're creating. When you think about ecosystems, we know we have the sun, you know, the sun provides nourishment for the plants. The plants get eaten by the herbivores. Herbivores get eaten by the carnivores. So when I, I try to liken that to business ownership and that you're creating an ecosystem and you're going to sit in one piece wherever your strengths lie, and then you're building out all the team members that are going to fulfill that, that ecosystem. So most people I'm talking to, they are interested. They got inklings. And, and like you're kind of alluding to, um, they may be nervous about the idea of getting um, started in entrepreneurship and what's that's gonna, what that all is going to take. So nothing, in my opinion, that's worth it is ever going to be easy. So that's why I want you to figure out your vision, figure out your why, because believe me, it, it is going to get tough, but that's the reason it's but called it a spacious spirit because yeah. you oh, yeah. have to have that tenacity to push through because the vision on where you're going is so much greater than whatever adversity is in front of you. And so do you, do you get like, um, do you do like consultations off of, of this kind of stuff? Uh, is this kind of what you do with your uh, uh, social media um, um, uh, uh, company? How do people, because I mean, you know, like I said, this is this whole uh, ecosystem, that's a, a lot out there. And I would be uh, surprised if you could fit all of this step-by-step step in, in one book. Yes, yes. So the book is a lot more high level. <laughs> okay. Um, and 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 it's not meant to be like an end all be all. It is mm -hmm. really meant to be an introduction to shifting your mindset. Because once you start making those shifts, then you'll see, okay, now it's worth it for me to go down the rabbit hole of what does it take to build out teams? Well, go through the, you know, let me vet my ideas a little bit better because it I'm like a creative person too. I have a ton of ideas. And so now I've created a system so that I know what do I pursue and what needs to wait? 
because I'll spend all day with like uh, my brain is like 50 tab internet tabs open at the same time. Yep. I'll, I'll, I'll be like, oh, this one's going to be it. This is going to be it. No, no. Now I know, okay, what, what is actually going to be profitable? That's, that matters as much as we want to have impact. I think people who are the biggest givers and that want to have big impact, we can't pour from an empty cup. So we mm. got to figure out and we got to be a lot more strategic about filling the cup so we have something to, to pour from. Otherwise, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of um, running in circles and chasing our tail. I 100% agree with that. And I think, you know, be, even beyond business, I think culturally, that's a an important uh, notion to keep. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about, uh, you know, I don't want to get into the weeds of like politics and stuff, but, you know, people want this to change and that to change. And, and everybody is looking so uh, far outward. And it seems like if we could all just kind of look inwards and fix our own little corner of the world, then that would be a lot better than yelling at everybody else who's not doing what we want them to do. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good luck com uh, convincing the people who are yelling, but I think there's a growing, uh, uh, a growing, th that sentiment is growing and people are, are, uh, you know, getting away from this, uh, this woe is me. I I'm stuck here and, and realizing, okay, there are, there are, options. There are ways to do this if I have that tenacious spirit. Yes. Um, you know, there was a saying back in the day, be the change you want to see. Right. I, I mean, I, and I, I agree. I think uh, there are a lot of people that are now there. They're like, you know what? No, this is going to be my lane. I'm going to take charge of this. And this is what I want to build. And I want to see, you know, be better in the community or in my community. And, and I think that more people are, are leading towards that because you can yell at whoever you want, but um, for them, they're probably living in a whole nother world. And I exactly. talk about this a lot of times. I'm like, yeah, people are angry, but guess what? They're fine over there. They don't even hear the screams. When you're in an ivory tower, you know, you're, I'm not talking point. about me, y'all. <laughs> tower away from everything. You're looking loud. What was it? Uh, Marie Antoinette, let them eat cake. It's a disconnect. Their world is completely different from ours. And, and um, some, and we have to just now, and that's a part about choosing happy. You know, when you start making these decisions and realizing it's all within your grasp, that was the big game changer for me. It's all within my grasp. I just have to vet my options better and make the better decision. And don't worry about the mistakes because the failures, they're going to happen again and again. The difference is the ones that fail and keep going, they hit success. The ones that fail and say, well, I tried. We used to say that all back in the day. Well, I tried and we thought that was it. That's not it. Well, you were supposed to learn from that. <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's two good. As somebody who has a little bit of a uh, a natural lazy uh, 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 manner, <laughs> mannerism and demeanor, that's it's a, it's such a good feeling. There is a good feeling. We're like, well, I tried. Oh well, I did. I, I did. I could. All right. See, no, uh, no. See, if but, you told me that, I would say, no, no, no. Get up. What? It, we're gonna dissect this. <laughs> we're gonna figure out what we could have done better, and then how you're gonna like. What's the next step? Every it, it's supposed to be built upon, and and I think right. that's where it's gotten lost. Like we didn't realize we were supposed to build upon it. We thought, well, that was our good old college try. And um, once you start thinking about it as building upon it, um, even with my social media marketing firm, that's what I told my clients about. A lot of times they'll have in their idea what they want to present to the world, right? And building their brand and building their following. And one of the key things that always sometimes get pushed back on is 
What if what you want to present is not what they want to see? What do you do then? And so my job, actually, <laughs> yeah, my job is to say, <laughs> we are looking, I think a better strategy is to figure out what they want to see and figure out how to deliver that in a branded format. You're going to get way more traction. You're going to get in front of your audience. People are going, they're going to tell you what they love or hate. That's what you go for. But a lot of times we already have, an, if we go in from our mindset as entrepreneurs or business owners. It's like, well, I like this. So yes, yeah. And that happens all the time. And people say, well, I get it. And I'm like, I'll put it out there for you. But I'm already <laughs> telling you the audience you're going for. I, I don't think this is going to resound with them. And if you let us use some strategy to test out some things, we can figure that out. And now you're going to get the kind of uh, virality you're looking for. You're going to get that growing following that you're looking for. So it's just unlearning some of those things. Gotcha. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's a good way of putting it, unlearning. And so, what, you know, if, if uh, somebody was to come to you and, uh, you know, say, uh, I, heard of, I heard about your book. I'm, uh, you know, I, I want to read it. I'm, uh, you know, I, I hate my job and I, I want to do something else. But I don't know if I, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if I have what it takes, or I don't know if I have the the uh, the whatever. Uh, uh, I think that's a very common, uh, you know, going back to that that same thing about being stuck in a job. I think that's a lot of the reason why people don't take that risk, and and the people who are less risk averse will just accept that ah, I that's not for me. I I can't do that, and just accept their 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 life. And uh, what what would you say to that person? Um, I would, I would tell them they can go back to it because here's the truth about the matter. Okay. You need an impetus. I can't, I can't give you more, more motivation to do, uh, anything to impulse or, or even start something. If you are not in a place where you're like, whatever it takes, mm -hmm. whatever it takes, that's the mindset I like, because now I know, okay, Whatever didn't happen, it irritated. You are ready to risk it all. And it's not necessarily about risking it all. Listen, I'm actually, I'm not a consultant. I do social media marketing, but this book is an ode to the beginner me as an entrepreneur. And I want to seed more entrepreneurs. And I think it should come from the working class because we know what it's like. There are companies that I have worked for and we have had to do some terrible, I want to get into all of them, but we, we, they, they create these policies and they have these things and we're almost having to input them on our very own people. It, it's the sickest feeling ever. And I, and, and I'll say, um, so I worked in roadside assistance at one point. Imagine paying for roadside assistance, then getting a call from them and they're saying, um, listen, you're going to have to pay for that and then we'll reimburse you later. That should be a crime. It yeah. should be a crime. <laughs> it really should. And, 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 it, and it, it ate at me so much that, that I, I just, I knew we have to have more of us becoming entrepreneurs and creating businesses because there has to be heart there. And there are companies out there that they are only profit. So they don't yeah. care. Yeah, they're, they're completely soulless. And, 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 um, and so that, that's really my whole hope for the group, group. The book is to inspire people to begin the journey and, and start really looking at what they want to do with their life, what kind of purpose, what kind of impact you want to have, and then utilizing things like social media, because it really is um, the, the it levels the ground between mm -hmm. you and the big boys. Okay. Right. You don't need millions of dollars. Now, if you can come in open-minded enough and really ready to, to um, feed into your content strategy, 
you can definitely come on play with the big boys so sure sure yeah and uh so i guess it's you know uh the in in speaking with uh people who have written about uh uh you know motivation getting things done getting things started I often will uh, uh, would have asked, you know, if somebody is uh, looking to become an entrepreneur and they see your book and uh, maybe they don't like uh, Crown Royal and <laughs> and they see another entrepreneurial book next to it, why would they pick yours? And I'm I'm realizing that that may not even be a very fair question because it it you know they can read both, but. What do you think sets your uh, your book apart? I, I think there's maybe a, a more uh, fair way and, and a more pointed thing that I'm asking. What what about your uh, uh, you know your 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 story and and the, the tips you give and stuff like that is is unique to to what's out there? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a phenomenal question. So my book is really more mindset focused. Um, most business or entrepreneurial books are, you know, um, they're talking about shortening your days. They're speaking to specific things or concepts that you can um, implement in your business. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a wider lens. This is saying I'm starting out and I want to start out with a mindset that creates a business that I'm not an entrepreneur worker, meaning I'm not working on um, in my business. I'm an entrepreneur, which means I work on my business. And those mindset shifts that you have to make when you go from being an employee to an entrepreneur. There was something I, I, you might, you might know it's probably, it's relatively common. I forget maybe uh, Robert Kiyosaki or some, somebody like that was um, uh, uh, from, from my, my dad was reading and uh, we were talking about the differences between, be, between being self-employed and being an entrepreneur and, and, you know, being a business owner and one where you're working for yourself. But if you stop working, then the, the money stops coming, which, you know, in my opinion, would still be better than just, you know, working for a boss. But mm-hmm. again, is not doesn't provide the freedom that being a business owner uh, in the way that you're talking about would be. Uh, can you can you speak to a, a little bit about that? Because I don't know that um, a lot of people would think about uh, think about it that way, and and they would they would be the entrepreneur worker and feel as if they they are doing it, and they're they just want to keep keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely, I can. Let's let's look at actually the what is supposed to be the whole journey as an entrepreneur. You start entrepreneur usually someone who started a business or um, sorry had a hobby. Maybe you make a wickety wadget, whatever it is you make. Somebody said, I love those things. (laughs) (laughs) I'd buy that wickety wadget for 50 bucks. And you're like, man, only takes me an hour to make this. I don't make 50 bucks an hour at my job, right? So then you start making more wickety wadgets because people are asking for them, right? Um, The problem is the popularity could also be your downfall because you and you were making it, you probably weren't paying yourself a wage, you were just, okay, getting my supplies, maybe putting a couple of dollars to the side or throwing it on a cell phone bill. And and as you got busier, then you tried to bring on help. And when you brought on help, now you showed Susan or whoever how to do it. And now you have two people, great, you're making money. But now you're calculating in, ah, 
Susan's got to make a, a living wage, right? Mm -hmm. And I know what it's like to live in this city. So I got to pay them something fair, you know? <laughs> so um, then you add on that person and you're building out your business and you're kind of learning as you go. Now, there becomes a point where you've been working, what, 60, 70 hour weeks? Because instead of getting more freedom, you're only working more. It's never a strategic process where you're putting people in place and you're realizing, hey, when we hit this capacity level, when I get to this number of wiggity wadgets that need to be sold, I should have three team members handling all this. And I should have another accountant handling all my books. No, it's usually just this flush of all these things happening. And one day, this entrepreneur, which is what they essentially are, in my book is they're overwhelmed and they're, they're over capacity, okay? Um, they do eventually build out. And now let's fast forward. They've done this business for 20 some odd years. Let's say they're heading toward retirement. Maybe that wouldn't be 20 hours, maybe that'd be 30 years, but whatever, they're heading toward retirement. Start a little late. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now they're trying to figure out what happens next. What's supposed to happen in business ownership is there either is some sort of succession planning where it's gonna go to someone as you retire out of the business or the business is going to be sold. And I can tell you in this pandemic, a lot of feelings been hurt because there are a lot of people who are at retirement age, this whole pandemic hit and they were like, you know what? I've been working how many hours for how long? Like I'm ready to go. Just they have not, Yes. And they Don't have not <laughs> scheduled. They haven't planned a business that's sellable. Mm. That's the problem. Now they enter shark infested waters. <laughs> With, with companies that all they do is gulp up these businesses and they kind of get eaten alive. Mm -hmm. So the whole point of me telling that whole journey is I want you to start from seeing your vision all the way through. And really, and that's why it's important to reverse engineer the process. A lot of businesses, they don't have, even if they have kids, the kids don't want the business because that took mom or dad from them. Right. Their whole life was around this business and they don't want it. And so um, stepping back from that and then also having that long-term vision allows you to create a business. And that's what the book is supposed to do. Help you think about it in a way of, hey, wiggity wadgets, when we hit a hundred orders, now I can hire, have somebody make all the wiggity wadgets. And I take that off my plate. You know, I have processes in place now so that when I hire employee number two, three and floor, we already got training in place. We're not training right. again and again and again. We yeah. already know it takes two weeks to ramp them up. So it takes me another, after they're ramped up, week to make that back. It's really starting to put on, put you at a different vantage point. So it's like being able to, um, there's a saying, not being able to see the trees for the forest. For the forest, right. Yeah, yeah. you want to, you want, you are, if you decide to become an entrepreneur, you want to actually have uh, a bird's eye view. Bird. Awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. All right. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was completely getting it, but I'm right there with you. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. I hope I answered your question, but yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That, and, and, and which just brings us back to the idea of having uh, that vision and having that clarity is that you should be, uh, uh, you know, have your, your, uh, your exit strategy from, from day one and, and, you know, whether you want, I mean, even deciding if you are looking to, to pass, uh, uh, pass the business down to your family or, uh, or, or not, that, that seems like, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think about that as you're starting, especially if you are young and you don't even necessarily have a family yet. Um, yeah. that, that, but even hard. having it on the radar is important. Right. 
You know, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What would you what would you want that to be like? You don't have to always figure out all the pieces, but the better you are at seeing what that option looks like, like knowing now that there are people right now that spent their their whole life on a business and they're maybe going to get pennies on the dollar. I know for a fact that's happening in M&A right now. They're getting pennies on the dollar for their business. And I'm sure there were a lot of things they would have adjusted if they known these shifts would have mean would have meant million dollar um, profits for them mm. so that they can retire comfortably. Um, knowing that probably makes you think, okay, well, what we got to sign a couple more documents. Do I need to, you know, maybe I don't write everything off. You know, maybe I structure things a little bit more easily so that whenever that option comes, I can know whether or not one, I want to take it, but two, I can get the best offer possible. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, you know, the, uh, another thing that you hit on, which I would assume is a big sticking point for a lot of uh, businesses that end up failing is uh, going from that uh, uh, that entrepreneur worker to entrepreneur state where you actually have to bring in people and figure out how to, you know, when you're doing it yourself, it's your own vision and uh, bring other people in. Not only do you have to uh, trust them to, to uh, at least care enough, they're not gonna care as much as you do, but they uh, have to care enough and, and they have to be uh, competent enough. And um, that, can, uh, can, can you speak to, to making that jump? Because I, I feel like that's, that's gotta be extremely difficult and, and probably, again, not something that someone necessarily thinks of when they're first starting out. Absolutely. Yeah, no, um, I've definitely been through all those changes. (laughs) One, let me start there. And it was funny because when I got my first employee, um, I had a wedding planning business uh, like six years ago. And um, in my mind, I remember thinking, I'm paying you more than I would have made. Like, you know, I need you. Can you care about? It's a whole mindset shift because you then you realize, hey, now I'm tackling a whole bunch of other issues. So here, here are the, the best practices that I've learned. One, there's a saying, um, hire slow, fire fast. It, that's the realest statement you'll ever hear in, when it comes to building out your, your team and building out your ecosystem, right, for your business. Um, take your time with hiring. It is like dating. You know, you get the first date and everybody's chill. You know, everybody looks their best. They didn't, I didn't put my makeup on. Everything's looking great. Um, and then, you know, you start get working comfortable. in that relationship. Yeah. And you're like, whoo, I'm not putting that on anymore. Glad we're past <laughs> that part. <laughs> so um, hire slow is really important. There was a... Um, a time that I was going to buy a, par- a franchise. And I had a conversation with a franchise owner who at the time owned like five franchises. And I was like, man, this guy like really loves this franchise. Um, but I also noticed him compared to some other franchise owners that I spoke to, he was the most calm and peaceful. He didn't seem stressed or agitated. And talking to him, this was the main thing he spoke about was hiring. He said, what I find is that if I take my time in the hiring, it will serve me and the business so much better. And he said, this is not, and this franchise was like a food franchise. So he's like, you know, I'm not, I'm hiring college students. I'm not hiring, you know, uh, tech people or that sort of thing, but it, it will make or break your business and will make or break how well your business runs. And so he like literally went through like three rounds of interviews. Like, and I thought, wow, to work at the sandwich shop, like that's crazy. <laughs> but I had to give it to him. He did have five franchises, right? And mm-hmm. I also remember like talking to like the one franchise owners and they were having 
team issue uh, problems, issues with people coming in. You know, they were just, and, and they none of them talked about that process. He was the one that really went through, no, we have a whole process for how we hire, you get hired on here. There was a lot of opportunity for you, um, but you were gonna have to make it through the rounds and actually have proved who you were. So hire, hire slow, fire fast. Also knowing that um, people typically, people typically hire people either just like them, right? Cause they see themselves in a person and that may be to your detriment. Okay, <laughs> um, you need to hire for that position. What is the, if a position requires somebody to be more analytical and you are not in the least big analytical, don't worry about, I don't care if I get along with a person. I care about how well we can work toward a goal together, right? Um, and getting that that out of your head that you see somebody that you like, and I've been there and, and I'm like, oh, it'll be buddies, it'll be so much yes! fun. <laughs> <laughs> it does not work. I can hang out after. Exactly. No, that doesn't work. You really do want to hire for the position involved and really looking at what kind of personality is a best fit. So I have a friend who is um, really good at spotting mistakes in anything. She annoys me to no end, but <laughs> if she's watching, I love you, girl, but <laughs> But she she just, she has an eye wherever she goes, you know, she just, oh, and this and this. The job she does. I feel like I might be that friend in my group. I'm not sure. Uh. <laughs> no, but I, it, it took um, me realizing that, you know, the type of job she would do, she can point out those things. Me and her personality is really different. But if I needed somebody that did, you know, quality control, or I needed somebody to maybe go through some content and make sure there weren't any errors, you wouldn't want another me because I'd be like, broom, it's good. Let's go. Like, you know, like I ain't took no time because my brain is not going to focus that long. I need a whole different personality type. So hiring for that particular position and then really taking the time to just when you are hiring on, realize that <laughs> I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to give trade secrets out. When you're hiring, <laughs> I'm going to give you a little, Let's go. Give you a little juice. Let's get the juicy stuff. Let's give you a little juice. People looking for jobs aren't who you want. I'm gonna let that sit with you. If they're looking for jobs, that's not who you want. You want the one, the time you went into, I went to Best Buy once. When I tell you this guy was so good, like I was ready to buy every computer up in there and it wasn't cause he sold me. He was just so well-informed and he answered exactly what I needed to know. And, and that, is what you really wanna look at when you start hiring, especially as small businesses. We want the people who are firm and actually kind of happy at their jobs. They're really good at what they do. And then we wanna build a relationship with them so that they know, hey, you got options. That's a, <laughs> and that's, that's a, honestly how a lot of the bigger players do it, guys. And I know a lot of people don't know about that, especially if you're not in the um, entrepreneurial world or you know you haven't been a business owner for that long. They're not looking for the one ads. They might have an ad out. Maybe somebody comes through, but the person you really want is the one that you have encountered and you didn't even, you, you might've thought, oh, that'd be nice to have somebody like them. No, you want to get it. You want to get better at, no, let's, how do I build a relationship with this person? How do I make a connection so that, you know, we can look at a segue? Cause you'll be surprised. Some people are there, but they might be disgruntled. They just good at their job though. So, you know, it's not till you have that conversation. I've mastered that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's not till you have that conversation that you're like, oh, 
okay, so there is some opportunity here in having that discussion. And you're going to find these type of employees are going to be your best team members. They're going to rock out for you, you know, because there's going to be a loyalty you're going to have to each other. Um, the problem that I find when you're hiring people who who um, may have just been in the ads is you don't know if you're getting somebody who is just disgruntled where they are or if they're just not a good employee, you know, and are they going from one place to another, just, you know, going to be right. here for a few months and go somewhere else better. And, to, and, and that's really, that's really a, uh, a personality trait more than anything else. Right. And just the, you know, whether, whether you're, uh, uh, you know, um, happy with your job or not, having the intrinsic motivation to say, this is a reflection of myself. And even if I hate it here, even if I think the boss is stupid, even if I don't like the, what we're selling, whatever it is, I'm going to do this well because I'm me and I do things well when I do them. Literally, literally. Yeah, no, that, and that's the bigger point. Um, when you think about things, not to segue too much, but like when you think about marriages, when you're dating and everything, you're looking to find a mate, I was telling a friend of mine, I'm married. I said, listen, you really want somebody that even when they pissed at you, everything's still running in the household. Mm -hmm. If they get pissed at you and not, can't nothing get done. Is that something you want to deal with on a life for a lifetime? You know? Hell no. So like it, so just kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying, you're right. If if you find out that they're unhappy, let's say, let's say you've taken them on a lunch or something, you've had that conversation, and then you think back, I would have never guessed from my interaction with you that you were unhappy here. I need that on my team. You know what I'm saying? Because none of us are really going to always be a thousand percent happy with each other. We have to learn how to work um, as a team in order to reach a goal, you know, and that and that's the bigger point. So building out your team is super important. Where you get your team from is doubly, triply important. And um, sometimes the next person for you is not necessarily in the one ads. They might be at work. Ah, oh, they might be at work. That's that's. A, I can't think of a better uh, uh, note to end on. Um, <laughs> I I I mean, I would love to keep going, but I feel like I'd have to pay you to for, for, for consultation here. Um, so just uh, you know, one uh, one last question to kind of tie a bow on it. The what what do you think that uh, is something that entrepreneurship, just being an entrepreneur, offers? Um, that people who are not entrepreneurs may not uh, recognize. Obviously, the money's there, the, the, the freedom, we, we, we know about those things, but something that maybe you wouldn't know unless you've, you've been down that road. Um, I think that's a survival mentality. I think if people are used to being fed, right? Like if, if somebody was used to being fed every day and then one day there was no food, what would you do? You don't know how to hunt. <laughs> entrepreneur yeah <laughs> entrepreneurs um we we've been hunting we're hunting so it gives you more of a not only uh feeling like you're more in control of your life and things aren't just happening to you it puts you in that mentality of i make the decisions i know how to hunt i've been hunting so anything that happens anything that comes my way i can tackle because i've tackled all of this yeah, that, this is that. Like I said, this has been a gold mine. I mean, I'm thinking of things because I'm a, 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 a private dog trainer, and I'm kind of in. Um, I'm kind of in between because I work for a company, but 
you know, I make, you know, I make my own schedule and, you know, I see my clients, I'll see my boss like once a month. I never see my coworkers. And so, um, it's a pretty sweet gig. And, um, <laughs> but so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about this in terms of like, okay, how is it, how, how closely is my boss, uh, uh, taking these things, uh, into account? Uh, how much, if, if I decide in the, in the future that I want to start my own uh, dog training or, in, or other business, how, how much am I prepared to, to take on these things? And then even with the podcast, I am also, it, it's also very relevant because as much as I love having these conversations, I hate editing the videos. And that's why like for, for the, 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 uh, most of the podcast like, or the, 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 the podcast itself, I barely even touch it and editing. It's just like throughout the week, I'll put out some clips and then I got to clip out this and the little ums and ahs and stuff. And it's just, ah, and, but you know, the, the cost of hiring an editor, even though it's, it's not, you know, that big of an editing job, you still got to pay, you still got to pay people. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just not at a place where, you know, right now this is still just a, a hobby and I can't really justify putting, um, that much money into, to, uh, just a hobby. Uh, and so thinking about, okay, not, uh, when, but what, what is my wants for when I can feel comfortable, uh, uh, hiring out an editor, because I think once I can do that, going back to the idea of the freedom and what I want my life to look like and what I want this podcast to look like. I'll, I'll be free to do more stuff just because I won't be worried about, okay, I, I want to, you know, I want to sit and talk to, to uh, a panel of uh, 10 dog trainers and, and see what comes out of it. But I don't want to have to worry about, you know, editing a four hour video. If I can put that out of my mind and I can, I can relegate that to somebody else, then, you know, the vision that I have of building, uh, uh, I didn't read your book, the channel into a, a, uh, a community and a hub for, for many things and not just authors, but, but, but other uh, uh, people who are creators and entrepreneurs and people who just want to learn all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, everything you're saying is, is I'm, I'm locking it away and, and it's very helpful. Very, 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 very helpful. I'm glad it's helping. I'm glad it's helping. I, I would uh, make sure I would, my advice to you would be to um, decide on your end goal. Because it sounds like I, it sounds to me when I'm listening to you like you want to get it somewhere, but you have not identified. Like once you identify where, I think you're going to see a lot quicker growth, um, and yeah. it will make more sense to ha to hire out the editing. You know, like mm -hmm. it's going to be it's going to be like you know what where we're going now. Once you start making those parallel lines on where you're going to and what are your benchmarks for success, doing that having somebody do the editing you don't have time. You're not going to have time for that. You know, like, it's going to be like, no, this is just the cost of getting this show to where I need to need it to go, you know? All right. Well, wow. I, I mean, uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, coming thank onto you. the platform. <laughs> um, if there is, uh, you know, uh, the book and anything else that you would like to plug social media, uh, we'll have uh, everything linked below, but uh, the floor is yours. Oh yeah, no, thanks for having me today, guys, and hearing me out. You can follow me on all social media with Tenacity with Ivory Today. Tenacity with Ivory Today, the book is available on Amazon. And I wish everybody just a phenomenal journey on their entrepreneurial journey and know that failures are not setbacks. They're only meant to develop you. So take them as stepping stones to the next level. Beautiful, beautiful. Honestly, this has been one of my uh, favorite conversations that I've had in, in a little while. Uh, it's it's uh, given me a lot and uh, not just saying it. 
and uh, still probably not going to read the book because I don't, I just don't read stuff. And that's why I have you on. But uh, if you ever uh, do a documentary, I will definitely watch that. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, uh, yeah, I, I uh, thank you so much for coming. And um, this has been a uh, fantastic uh, conversation and uh, you have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. Bye. Take, take care. All right. So we got a lot there. We got a lot there. I guess, uh, you know, the, the, for once the cover kind of gave me, uh, you know, an, a, a look into what I thought I was going to find. Um, and I expected this to be another, um, another uh, a conversation where things were spoken about in a little bit of a vague manner because of what, what I talked about earlier about how I don't think that these books are meant to be the answer for everyone and, and the answer for everyone and everyone's answers, if you, you know what I mean? And so, so I think that helped me uh, uh, guide the conversation in a more helpful way. And I, I got a lot from, you know, just my work and, 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 and this podcast. Um, if you didn't, if you didn't get anything useful from, from that conversation, then uh, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I, uh, for me, I, I'm realizing that I have goals and I have, I have visions. I have all of these stuff that of, of things that I want to do, things that I want to accomplish. But, um, as, uh, as Ms. Coates was saying, uh, that I don't really have the, the end goal really, uh, uh, fleshed out. And, um, so I definitely need to take some time, uh, not time away from the podcast or anything, but just in between, uh, to, to really clarify what my vision is, what, what my end goals are, and how to reach them. I, I think that is, you know, it sounds so simple, but like so many of these things, so much wisdom in the world, just about anything, not, not even to do with money or work or, or anything, just stuff that, that is wise, is usually very uh, simple and, and fundamental. And it's that kind of stuff that is easy to forget because we get lost in the, you know, the, 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 the flavor of the week, the story of the day, the whatever it is. And, you know, especially in this political climate, there's always something to focus on besides yourself. And while that can be a good thing, that could also be to your detriment. And, um, you know, I, I, I hope that if uh, even, even if you're not uh, looking to be an entrepreneur, that there were, were things in here that can help you navigate your life a little bit better. Uh, uh, you know, as, as uh, uh, Ivory said, the, um, you know, this is for entrepreneurs, but even if you're not, she's gotten uh, uh, people who are, are not entrepreneurs reading the book, saying that they've gotten, you know, nuggets of, of that wisdom. And uh, I, I, don't see how, I don't see how you couldn't um, based on that conversation. So she seems she seems like she's got it all together, and I um I'm 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 really just blown away at how how in tune with my own situation she was talking about before I ever revealed anything about my life, and so that's really a good sign of of the things that she's saying that you know if I told her that I was a dog trainer, obviously she knows I'm a podcaster, she's on my podcast, but you know, if I told her I was specifically thinking about that, 
then it could be easier for her to cater, you know, her message to that to make it sound nice to me. But without having said that beforehand and still having her say things that really resonated with those goals and with those things uh, uh, so personally, I mean, what else could you ask for? Without reading the book, what else could you ask for? So, I, I mean, please do uh, go check out the uh, A or not the A Tenacious Spirit. Uh, by Ivory Coat, the full name, A Tenacious Spirit, an aspiring entrepreneur's guide to mindset, process, and the execution of their ideas. Please do go, go check that out. It, of course, will be linked below along with her social media and all that good stuff, along with those wonderful support links. You guys know that I, uh, as I talked about, I hate editing this stuff, but I want to give you more. And uh, the only way I can do that is with my, you know, half of it is that I don't like doing editing, but the other half is that I do have a full-time job. So I don't, I don't have all day to uh, uh, record and edit stuff. So, uh, you know, if I could get uh, uh, somebody to, if I could outsource some of that, especially the stuff that, I, that I, I like the least, then I could do more of what I like the most. And there's more for you. Um, so please do uh, uh, take a look at those support links. But of course, it is absolutely free to hit the like, the subscribe, the ring the notification bell, uh, and to leave a comment. And uh, what did you think of Ivory? What did you think of, um, of, of how she uh, uh, was able to speak about these things so eloquently? And um, are, 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 is any of this relevant to your life and to your business if you have one? Let me know in the comments below. I really do want to hear from you guys on this one. Um, I am uh, uh, really excited about how, you know, with uh, uh, even before this conversation, where the rest of iDrive is going, and now especially after this conversation, super excited for what I feel like I can do with this. Um, so stay tuned. We've got more coming, um, but that is the end for this one. So thank you so much again to Ivory Coats, and thank you to you for checking out the episode. Uh, and uh, even if you can't hit those support links, of course, we mentioned the free options. And even if you don't want to do that and you just want to sit at home and think about how awesome I am and how great this podcast is, that would be fine as well. I will see you guys next week in the next episode of I Didn't Read Your Book. I am your host, Lutch. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And I am out. Bye.